Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast and proper football's back. There's no more international nonsense for a few more months. Uh, and League One action. And League One action for you know proper teams driving internationals is back this weekend. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I'm not well today, so my voice is bad and my coughing fits and everybody, but it's fine. It's remote, isn't it? This is one of the benefits of being remote that I can't infect you too. So I'll say we'll have disinfectant going your way if we were sat together. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have Nick and Denny with us. Thank you for joining us, boys. Hello. Hello. Um, so, let's first of all, as we do every week, should we have a quick word from our sponsor, Manscaped? This video is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped are the best at below-the-waist grooming. Over 4 million lads and lasses use Manscaped worldwide, including yours truly. Now, Manscaped have given me an early look-see at their latest trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, and I tell you what, it is some quality stuff. They've also given me a look-see at the ball deodorant and the ball toner, which you use for your... Use code NYT for 20% off and free shipping at the checkout when you visit manscaped.com. Now... Back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you very much, Danny, for that. Um, so before we get into the Cambridge preview proper, let's talk about the official FA Cup draw results. Um, we knew we were going to get Stockport or Bolton Wanderers. Come on, Venture, please. And... Quickly, quickly, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they, pl- they played out an absolute blinder of a game. On Wednesday, on Wednesday night, Mick, uh, yeah. five three in the end, a proper cup tie. Genuinely, one of the best, one of the best games I've seen in a long time. So good. Yeah, it, it it was exciting and interesting to watch. I think it lacked quality. Oh, yeah, just about yeah, just yeah. about everywhere on pitch, which is probably why it was such a high scoring game. Uh, but yeah, it was great to watch. Good fun to watch. It's always it was a typical cup tie, wasn't it? And, and a local derby as well. So you know, it, oh. it kind of. Added that little bit more spice to it, so, uh, so yeah, it was it was good to watch, but not, you know, like I say, not not, not massive on quality really, was it? <laughs> no, no, Ian ever Ian ever reckons that Bolton are the best team in League One, uh, who've just shipped five to a non-league team. I know they're not a proper non-league team like Wrexham and a couple of other teams, but they are still a non-league team. They're still two two tiers below, um, mm. so that's a concern for Bolton. I know Bolton started pretty well, but. Uh, I'll put in our League One head hats on for a minute, mate. That's going to be a concern. That's going to be a massive concern to Bolton. The way they played and defended in yeah. that game is if, for me, if that were us, I'd be concerned about it. Yeah, very much so. I, I don't know whether they came into the game thinking that they were just going to walk it. I know, obviously, you know, five minutes in, the two goals up, and you know, they, they, I don't know. I don't know whether that was their view or or, or what. I don't know. But from, from that moment on, from that point on, they just didn't seem to be able to keep ball. There was neither team did. You know, it was just, it was just, it was. Uh, I've seen a, a couple of comments on, um, on on social media today saying it was like watching an under nines game. It, it genuinely was, uh, not only because of the way that they couldn't keep, they couldn't play football, but, but you know, I don't know, just, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced that uh, Bolton are the best team in this division. I'm not convinced by that claim <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. No, I'm not convinced either. Uh, Danny, <laughs> it, it was, like Mick says, the style was not there. But it had everything a cup tie wanted. The atmosphere were amazing. Both teams really wanted to win. They were both a bit crap. It's just the ingredients you want for a really good game of football. Yeah, it, it was. And, I mean, I, I sat down to watch it with my mum because uh, she was in from work last night. And when Bolton went 2-0 up, it's like, oh, this, this is going to go the way that we don't want it to. It's just going to be a walkover for one team. Um, but to see Stockport come back into it, I mean, all I can say is fair play to them. They had that desire, which slightly worries me. For when they come to New York, they've got that desire to win, whether or not that's because it's a local derby or because it's like big club, small club thing, and like we want to do a number on you. Um, but second half, it was just all Stockport. Stockport was the only team that could really keep hold of the ball, and that's saying something because they lost the ball quite a lot. Um, but you'd be pleased to know that I have actually made notes on the game. I'm being a professional go. this evening. Um, and both of Stockport's like game-changing goals, if you like, when it came to um, two, three, and then four, three, both came down the left-hand side. So you could say that's their dangerous mm. element, if you like, um, which is good news for us because we've got Wes Arden and Chio there. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's yeah. it. There we, we, need, we need to go defensive with Wes Arden if we want to go attack, and you got Chio. Bring it on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, and, and this is a side point, Mick, but it's quite interesting watching games like that because you get Martin Keown, for example, being the co-commentator. And yeah. he's got to pretend like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And he yeah. clearly hasn't got a clue. He'll just say something and I'll go, he's done really well, of course, all the time. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. like he's a bit knowledgeable. I, I, I don't like Martin Keown, but I felt a little bit sorry for people like that doing non-league games. I, I don't mind him, to be honest, because at least he's not gone down the conventional, oh, it's a, the, the going really direct or oh, the very physical mm. route. You know what I mean? The standard sort of, um, the standard nonsense that they usually spout out. So, uh, and it were on BBC and commentary on BBC, whilst it's it's not great, it's it's... I don't know how many million times better than it is on ITV and and, uh, and Sky now. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's not like me to compliment BBC. So, you know, they must be doing something right. Yeah. Well, you just tell me you don't like Sam Matterface on ITV. I don't know. Oh, mate. I don't know what I'll you tell mean. You what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely garbage. Man. I mean, I mean that other lad who were on before him, Glenn, whatever his name was. Clive Tilsley. Clive Tilsley. I'm thinking of Glenn Tilbrook out at Squeeze. That's showing me age now, isn't it? Uh, Clive Tilsley, you were garbage and all. Both yeah. have got a till in yeah. that's so that's where it came from. I don't know. I'm old, mate. I can't even... I don't know what my name is half the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, we are live through YouTube, Facebook, and I think on Twitter as well. So if you want to chuck us some comments in, some people already have. John C. Um, is good evening to us. Mick Twig thinks we're going to get six against Stockport. It was a fantastic fantastic atmosphere in an old style ground. Can't beat the old grounds, he means. Yeah, I, I, was, I watched it with my wife and I said to him, Stockport's brilliant because it's it's, old, it's so old school. It's got four different stands and they're all yeah. four different shapes and sizes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it, it doesn't make any sense if, it, if, you, if you know what I mean. Those grounds shouldn't create atmosphere, but they do. There's they something do. about it, it just creates it. It's, yeah. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Good ground to visit. Nice ground to visit. Enjoyed it when I've been there before. So uh, mm. not that we're going this time. 
Hopefully not. Um, it, it's a shame it's not their place. I wouldn't mind going to Woodstock place. I've been a few times a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, they'll, be, they'll be added to a strange list of uh, unique clubs that have played against Rotherham United at all three grounds that we've played at. Um, really? Yeah. So uh-huh. they, they played at, no, play at, play at Millmore several times, played at Don Valley when they yeah. were on their way down. And now they're going to play at New York Stadium. Um, so there's a, a nonsense stat for you. Um, <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I do quite like it. I thought of that while laid in bed last night as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just randomly thought of it. That's how uh, sad I am. Uh, yeah. The next a week on two weeks on Saturday they will come to the uh, to come to New York Stadium. Let's believe we talk about the match tickets. That's to call a little people up in anger, Danny. Anger might not be the right word. Um, we're not charging full price, but the price tickets will be eighteen pounds, which is I think four or five could below what it would be for an all league game. Uh, I can see why they've done it. What are your thoughts on that, Danny? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to apologise for my unprofessionalism with having to dart off. The dog needed to go outside and was squeaking like one of his toys at the back door. So I apologise. But <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with the tickets, I can understand why some people are, um, I don't know, even annoyed doesn't seem like the right word. It's just a bit mm. of a complaint, really, um, that the tickets are more expensive than the Bromley game. Now, I can understand the Bromley game being cheap because cheap because they didn't bring many and we weren't really expected to bring that many either. Um but I think the club have looked at it and gone, well, if we get Bolton, they'll bring a fair few. If we get Stockport, they'll bring a fair few. So we'll charge them more money because it correlates home and away with ticket price. So it, it might just be a money thing to try and get a bit more money out of the Stockport fans. Um, but yeah, I can understand the frustration at it. But at the end of the day, if you can afford it, you can go. If not, then, you know, unlucky. <laughs> and, and, and that's a very that's a very savage way of looking at it um, but yeah it, I think it's more for the benefit of the club because the gate receipts are being split between Rotherham, Stockport and the FA mm. so that's probably why they've bumped up a little bit because there's going to be more people there um, I can understand it but you know it, it's it's not that much more which is a very Tory view of it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's only, it's only twelve. What is it? Twelve quid for the Papa John's game, or ten quid mm. for Papa John's game. So it's only six or eight quid more. Um, I say only. There was a strange thing where Stockport are probably going to bring more than Bolton would have done. Stockport are two mm. divisions low, but this is the only chance they get to play teams like us and Bolton is is these and the ticket seriously. So why would they not follow the follow the team? Well, apparently, according to Wickham, we're a massive club, aren't we? So, you know, I, you, you would expect them to come to a massive club's ground and, uh, and bring a lot of supporters. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I can. I mean, ultimately, I, I, I can't. I, I don't, I'm struggling a little bit with people moaning and groaning about the price. Um, at the club are not themselves. They've, they've proved over the years we're not a club that's going to try and profiteer from our supporters. You know, we're not run by Chancery charging forty quid for away supporters to get in. You know what I mean? So the clubs will have done the club will have done their sums, and based on the fact that, like you said, we only get a third of the ticket price because one third goes to the away side, the rest goes to goes to um, goes to FA to pay for their yachts and stuff. Um, so um, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, it is difficult, and I understand financially. You know, it's not it's not easy for a lot of people. Um, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't blame the club for putting setting the prices where they set them. They, they've obviously set them at what they consider to be the right price in order to get some make some money out of it because ultimately that's what they're there for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And if you want to, if you don't want to pay that much, you can always go see us play Port Vale on the Tuesday Tuesday night uh, in the Papa John's because that is only a thing of ten or so. It should be a great atmosphere against Stockport. If it, it should be, yeah. yeah. Decent, a decent uh, following from, yeah, decent Miller's following turning up. Uh, it should be a really, really good atmosphere. I mean, for some Millers, it'll be the first time they've seen us play Stockport. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know I'm a bit of a late arrival to this thing because my own uh, financial issues, but I've never seen us play Stockport. So that's one of the reasons I'm going. I want to see what Stockport are about and what their fans are like. Like you, I just caught the tail end off before I came back. Um, it would have been nice to go to a different ground and go to Edgley Park. Mm. But the positive side of it, we've seen what the home atmosphere is like at Edgley Park, and I'm thankful we're playing them at home first. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought we're not going to replay from that because that'll be on telly again. Mm. Uh, you know, it'll all go wrong. It'll all go badly wrong. <laughs> um, Mark Gamble's with us tonight. Evening, fellas. Uh, he noticed two things. Uh, that we have in co- clubs have in common, um, and that's Danny Becerra. They have a stand named after him. He's a club legend at Stockport County. Uh, their, their podcast is named after Danny Becerra as well. Their, their club yeah. um, Mick Danny Becerra. Yeah, I remember him definitely. Anything definitely remember him. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, yeah. It's at a time that uh, it's sort of. I kind of blocked out my memory a little bit because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's no, there, I don't remember anything bad about Danny when he was at our place. So yeah, no issues with him. Let's get Cherry Berry on because when, when I briefly spoke to Cherry Berry, I, I didn't don't think he was a fan of Danny Bergera. No, so I don't think he was. Was it? We have to get him back was. on hopefully at some point. Did he bin him off? He did. did. Trevor Berry, I can't remember. He, I think he did. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Well, uh, but I've been meaning to speak to see if he'll come back on so well. That's reminded me. I shall message Trevor Berry this week and see if we can get him back on. Um, so, where are we? Had a, uh, another comment. If I remember right, we played Stockport the first match after we won the Autoglass Trophy, which is good omen. Yes, it will be a good omen. Uh, mm. With our cup run still to go. Um, shall we move on to Cambridge United, uh, who are coming to town on Saturday afternoon? Uh, it's going to be on paper, Danny. And no, Ben will be screaming at the screaming at the screen. <laughs> uh, on paper, this <laughs> it, it, we should be fine. Cambridge are on a little bit of a patchy patch, having just got promoted. Um, we should be okay. Should yeah. Um, if you if I was a betting man, I'd put on for us to win and to at least mm. score two, but. That's how betting companies make the money off football because it never really was quite according to plan, does it? Um, Cambridge coming into this game with a 4-1 league defeat to MK Dons um, and MK Dons just ravaged them in that game. Balls balls over the top, cutting through the defence. It was more or less easy for them and we beat MK 3-0. But they have had a little bit of an uplift by beating Northampton 3-1. And... Two of their goals were scored in very similar fashion. Ball to the edge of the box, uh, a quick ball in, and then a layoff, and then they've um, had a shot and scored. So that seems to be the play, the way they played against Northampton. However, they are quite susceptible to a set piece because they conceded from a set piece. Granted, it were a consolation, but that 
route one free kick into the area, someone's header, into the, and then it goes in. So mm. that could be one of the ways we exploit them, or it could be pace down their left flank with Chio. Because when I was on their podcast um, in like the in the green room, shall we say, um, it, their main weak point, if you like, is their left hand side. So if we've got pace on the right hand side, then that might give Chio a lot of um, a lot of look down that side, and then he can get a ball into the box and possibly bump up his assist level a little bit. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. Can you imagine you're thinking, you know what's weak about my my team, left hand side? Do you know we've gone up against Gio on Benny? I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, we recorded before Chio scored, Mick, at the weekend. Yeah. We recorded during the yeah. game, and we all went and watched it. And Chio scored. Uh, we could have timed that worse, to be fair, but no, he'll be, he'll, he'll be buzzing, won't he? You can just imagine he were already in good form before he left. He's gone away and played twice fantastically, got his goal for his country. Mm. He must be riding as high as he's ever ridden. Yeah, I mean, one, he's got to be careful there, I and mean, he needs to drop him. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think we need to drop. Yeah, to, we need to drop him and just get him out of spotlight because um, he's obviously he's got a lot of attention and quite rightly so um, over these last couple of weeks. Rightly so because he's been he's been excellent for Ireland. Uh, but even even playing for Ireland, like we've said before, with Chio, he's still a work in progress and he genuinely is. Um, he's, he's still got a lot of work to do to, before he becomes that uh, player that's capable of playing at, at a much higher level than he is at the moment. But he's definitely going to be there sooner or later. So, yeah, we, we're going to struggle to keep hold of him. But for me, let's drop him. Just address the lad. He needs just to just, just sit him out. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, if they've got, if they've got problems down, that left, down, down their left-hand side, uh, it's not great, not, not great news from that, really, is it? Not really, no. No, definitely not. Um, the one negative, I think the only person that will be missing, actually, on Saturday, well, other than Angus McDonald, uh, is Michael Smith. Um, band, I saw I saw the tweet from Paul Davis earlier. That's the first time he's not been in the squad since he signed for us in <laughs> 2017, which is just ridiculous. It, it shows it shows how Paul one trusts him, but that points also, Danny, that he is going to be a huge loss for us on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think so. And he's like, he's been in the squad for what just over four years. Imagine going yeah. four years never missing a match day squad through League Cup. Friend, well, I presume families as well. Mm. Um, so that, that is some stat to hold. I'd, I'd love to know who was the last person to have that long of a stint in the Rotherham in the Rotherham um, match day squad. You know, we might be looking at Paul Hurst potentially, you know, with that mm. big of a run. Mm. Um, but we'll leave the uh, the elves at the advertiser to work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Smith will be a, a big loss. Um, his physical presence up front may draw in a little bit of a weakness for us, but we do have very good backup in Kyode, Greg, who I presume will start, and uh, Kyode as well, who will probably come off the bench for one of them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a loss, like you said, but it's not an overly worrying loss. It's not like he's the only person who scored goals mm. for us this season. He scored the majority yeah. of them, don't get me wrong, but... We have goals elsewhere. We can get goals out of Wiles, Grigg, Ladipo. He's in a bit of a green patch at the minute. Um, maybe K.O. will score his first one, hopefully. Okay. You never know. Um, yeah, big loss, but not a overly concerning one, I think. Mm. 
I yeah. suspect um, I suspect Michael Smith will be having his fingers crossed that any goals we score on Saturday come if we do score, assuming that we do, will come from midfield. Um, I'm sure he'll be hoping for that because because he's not going to he's not having his place back at the moment. You know, Freddie and Freddie and Greg to turn out with a couple of goals a goal apiece on Saturday, mm. and uh, Smith is not back in squad. He's not getting his yeah. shirt back, uh, which is no. which is ridiculous but fantastic at the same time. Yeah. Mm. It is, and I'm just thinking about the fact that he's not missed a squad in that long, and we don't really think about this, but that's a, that's a massive sign to his fitness. You know, he's mm. he's keeping him, keeping his body in a right shape, and he's not a twenty a twenty one year old kid. He is thirty mm. years old. He's played a significant amount of games in his career, so to keep himself in a position where he is available for every single game is again we've talked about hats off to Michael Smith on about fifty thousand occasions this season. This is another occasion where you say that's fantastic that. He has managed to do that, fitness-wise and skill-wise. Yeah, um, do you think? Do you think it's Grigg and Freddie to start Mick as well, or do you think Curly's got a chance? I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. I suspect it will be uh, Freddie and, and Will Grigg. Um, I, 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 I can't see any reason why he wouldn't do that. Um, and then, and then JJ will be on sometime in second half for Will Grigg, probably, uh, or possibly for. Um, for Freddie, depending on how it's going, but yeah, I suspect those those are the two that will start Freddie and uh, and Greg. Fair enough. Um, where else we got? Vickers is probably going to start in goal. I would assume so. Um, Matic's back. Matic is back in training, so there's a chance it may be a bit too soon for him to start. Then he'll be ready for the squad. I would you would assumed, um, mm. but there's no reason to change back three. I suppose is there? You know, Woody, Icky, and Harding, you would assume, would still be standard back three as, as things stand. Yeah, if, if you were to look at um, how I've done in the league, I'd, I'd say why change winning formula? But obviously, one, he's seen him in training and we haven't. There could be something that's that's come up, it's all yet to come up. Um, but yeah, we've got a, a full hat, if you like, to pick names from, apart from Angus and Smith, mm. uh, which is good because Lindsay's come back in very good time to say how seriously he was injured, which is great to see. Uh, Wiles is back, Matic's back, the Dauphin's back. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it to Paul Warren and just go, right, that's your problem, you'll, you'll deal with it. <laughs> you'll start slamming doors and ripping up bits of paper and spreading around your house and, and all that lot. It's <laughs> it, it, To have a full hat to pick from with our depth level um, is great to see, but must be a very frustrating probably Thursday afternoon evening for Paul Warren but I'm glad we've yeah. got that issue because I'd rather mm. have that issue rather than the same 11 all the time and then have yeah. a weekend uh, back up if you like mm. um, yeah glad to see everyone's back which is great mm. yeah the, the two main areas of contention for selection uh, are the left hand side of the wing back the wing back position left wing back and the central midfield three with Jimmy Lindsay being back, let's start with the left wing back position first. Mick Bowler obviously came on against Bromley, um, yeah. not starting the game. Uh, you've got Miller who should be fit. Matic is fit. You could take, could play Matic there, sort of, if you wanted to. Maybe, maybe not as mobile as you want. Um, would, would you go? I, I, I'm a fan of Miller. I want to see Miller, but that's because I want to attack. I want to go for it. I, you know what I mean? That that's my non-manager head on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got Ferguson back as well, obviously. Ferguson, yeah. um, you know, so in, in terms of that position, 
you know, that position that we've really, really struggled in for a few seasons. And Joe Maddox's been the stalwart. He's, he's number four in the list of four, isn't he? Is, yeah. um, for me, he is anyway. Um, Borwa, I love, I, I love the bloke. I think he's going to be a right player for us. I really, really do. And I think he's more than competent, far more than competent at this level. Uh, but, but like you, I, I think Miller has just got that edge on him at the moment because he's got the experience and he's got that attacking, uh, attacking mindset um, more so than uh, than than, than Bowler and, and Shane Ferguson as well. He's just steady, in he steady away. So you know he's going to do you a job. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 Miller for me. Miller because I want to. Um, you know, I just want to attack. I want some. I want some goals out of it. But um, I don't know, mate. It's so difficult, isn't it? And what a position to be in. You know, we're fourteen, fifteen games into the season, and and we've got one player out that out of out of the squad through either injury or slash illness. That's it. You know, he's got a full well, squad to pick from. It's remarkable. Uh, that's obviously not going to be the same for throughout the season. But you know, if we can just keep that injury list, injury slash illness list down to one or two at any one time, that would be an amazing achievement. And it's just a credit to to the fitness regime and the, you know, how fit this squad are. Uh, that if they do get injured, the recovery times are pretty short. Ala Jamie Lindsay, like you've just pointed mm-hmm. out there, he's been out with hamstring and it doesn't seem two minutes. I'm sure it does to him, but to mm-hmm. us. Certainly to me, anyway, it doesn't seem it's two minutes since he was out. And he's not going to get his place back. No, probably, possibly not. I, I, it's also a, down to rotation as well. Not playing Chio every single 90 minutes for every single minute of the game, for an example. Miller's obviously mm-hmm. having to do his minutes managed. Ferguson's similar. The only time, the only sort of players that we're sort of wringing the necks of is the current midfield three, Wiles, Rathbone, Barlazer, and Michael Smith. Now, Mike, we know Michael Smith can take it. That's just who he is as a, as a, as a physical specimen. He, he seems to be able to take that. Uh, obviously, we don't know much, but we don't know about Rathbone's history and things like that. But you assume he can take it. You assume Wiles can take it. You assume Barlazer. But even those have been rotated, Danny. Whenever he can, he'll bring Rathbone off after an hour or bring Wiles off after He tried resting Wiles against Bromley. <laughs> and it, that's why we've got so many players fit, because every cup game, it's a different eleven, and if, no, I haven't mentioned Reg as well. Bringing Reg yeah. in and things like that, mm. it's the rotation has been must be from an idiot's point of view. It must be a reason why we've kept so many fit as well. Yeah, I mean, if we were to play roll on roll off subs like we used to at school, we'd be top mm. of the league easily. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, well, like you say, with the midfield three, they seem to be uh, the more go to and in terms mm. of playing more ninety minutes. And that's probably because Lindsay has been out and Dauphin seems to be, um, no, no disrespect to him or anything, but seems to be like um, fourth choice even when Lindsay was injured. Mm. And he tried to play him in the cup game and he got concussion. I'm just glad he's all right. But like I said, we brought Wiles on and to have someone like Wiles just waiting the wings and to put in a positive performance and then score, you know, it's, again, it's testament to death. We'll, we'll keep banging on the door about it's all about depth and it is the depth level is incredible um but i think it is also because a lot of the players have their origins in lower league and more physical leagues like rathburn is league one born and bred effectively with rochdale um so he knows how to tech in it and just carry on with it same with wiles coming through our academy same with smith all these players who can just tech bigots and carry on 
have all had their origins in um, in more physical leagues. Even with the Dauphin and Miller, they can take big hits because mm. they've been in Scotland. Um, the only one who I think can't really take a massive hit is Barlazer, but that's because he's a more technical player. He's not a physical player. Yeah. And even and even then, he can take a hit and still keep going. And for that matter, it's just because he's from Newcastle. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so, the, in, the, in midfield, sorry, mate, carry on. I was just going to say the the physical side of Barlazer's game this season has been yeah. massively improved. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could say that's his loans down to lower league with Accrington. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that 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 midfield, any team that sees those three on the team sheet and then sees the players who are on the bench as cover, it must instill some element of intrepidation to to see those three players and then those two or three other players waiting to come on the pitch just in case. It must make you go We're in for a midfield battle today, boys. You know. <laughs> Yeah, one of the few teams that when they make a sub, you're not thinking, you're not you're not definitely weakening the team. You know, what I mean? yeah. there's this it's an improvement. Um, yeah, when you mentioned Barlazer's physicality, I wonder if he's learned a little bit from Wing last season because Wing was a little bit more aggressive than Barlazer. That's one of the areas. That's why Wing played so many games more than Barlazer last season mm. because he was much more aggressive. Is I think is the right word. And I think maybe that's because you can see that in Barlazer. You are absolutely for me. You're absolutely right. He is more aggressive. There's more mm. physicality about him. And I think mm. that's possibly where he's learnt, not learnt it from, but sort of taken note from. Yeah, mm. yeah. And because, and because Wing isn't playing that aggressive role at Chef Wednesday, maybe that's why he's mm. dropped down the pecking order to effectively being a, a cup starter rather than a yeah. uh, rather than a regular starter. And I snap your hand off for him start of the season. I would. I thought he would a man. And now uh, listen, I'm going over wing any day at week now. We had this conversation. I don't know whether it was on the podcast or off the podcast, but I always felt there was something not right about Lewis Wing. It just something just didn't feel right. He didn't he just didn't fit for me. Um, and, and he's proven it, he's proven himself. Why he didn't fit with us, and why he didn't fit crucially, why he didn't fit at Middlesbrough as well. There's something there that that, that there is an issue with Lewis yeah. Wing, whether it be his attitude or whatever. I don't know what it is, uh, but it, 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 we dodged the bullet by by not I mean, just not signing him. In as my it view, as it yeah, turns out. Um, I'm not convinced how serious we were about it. To be honest, well, we'll see, we'll see when his, when his contract runs out. Let's find out. Yeah, uh, Ian, Ian Bradley's with us a bit late to the party. So what we're going to do now is take a break away from talking about Rotherham United and we're going to talk about Cambridge United. Um, so we've got Jordan from Under the Abyss. Thank you for joining us. How's it going? Yeah, it's uh, it's going good. Thank you very much for having me. It, it feels a bit weird, actually, because obviously we play you Saturday and then mm. I feel like we play you again yeah. quite quickly, right? It's before Christmas is the return leg, right? Yeah, less than a month, 18th of December. Yeah. <laughs> Next so yeah, you'll be fed strange. up on the side of us soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start. What we always ask is what was the preseason expectations? Obviously, Cambridge just coming up, losing the main man of the main goal source last season. Um, what was the aim? Was it just you've come up to survival, or was there a bigger aim than that? Uh, no, you, you, you're, you're spot on there, Matt. It, it was stay up at, at all costs, and if it came down to 
a last minute goal off someone's backside on the last game of the season, then so be it. Um, I think, I think, um, I don't know if, if, if you read or listened to much pre season, but a lot of people not only tipped us to be in the bottom four, but actually be bottom of the mm. pile. Um, you know, and, and quite understandably so, you know, we lost a guy who scored 34 goals last season. I think any team would struggle with that. Um, we didn't really bring in any sort of household League One championship names in the summer. Our manager is, what, 36, 37, hasn't managed at this level before. Is only, In fact, is only going into his second full season as a manager. So I could understand why, from a an outsider's perspective, you would look at that and say, yeah, they're, they're going to struggle. I think Cambridge fans, whilst sort of appreciating that on one hand, also had a little bit more optimism just sort of experiencing the season that we did last season that the morale and the the ability to sort of get results from nowhere and um so i think i think use fans were more positive but weren't naive to say to think that you know we wouldn't be in that bottom sort of six or seven clubs uh come the end of the season obviously we're 12 at the moment which is uh, a long way off that a good eight places above where I thought we'd be, but I've got a feeling we will slowly draw ourselves back down towards that bottom eight before the end of the season. Mm. I think when you get promoted, it's key. We've we've suffered this. We've done this a lot. When you go up, those first couple of months are a really good time to pick up points. If you can, if you can ride that wave a little bit, and with you guys getting promoted and the fans being back in, mm. it's been, is that is that a fair thing to say that it was a key time to pick up the points and find yourself in an okay position now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny you mentioned about the fans being back in. We had um, we were one of the few clubs that did trials of sort of small mm. attendances before, well, about this time last year, actually, just before Christmas. And it, it coincided with our worst run of formal season. So um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that what you will. It was, maybe it was a good thing we all got booted back out um, and that's why we went up. But yeah, I think, um, I think what's been really interesting so far this season is we started really brightly. Uh, then we had kind of like this patch where I don't think we won in seven or eight games. We drew quite a few, which is kind of a, a mm. common theme. We, we draw a lot of games, we're hard to beat. Um, but recently we've we've won two on the bounce and they were quite significant wins. Um, when I say they're against Wimbledon and Morecambe, you might be wondering why they're significant since they're not exactly huge clubs. But they're significant for us because up until that point, our season so far had seen us do really well against the bigger teams or teams that are going to be or were higher up the table. But we really struggled against those who respectfully are a similar size and profile to us and teams that are expected mm. to be in the bottom eight. So we, you know, we lost to Gillingham. We nearly lost to Crewe. Um, we couldn't beat Fleetwood, teams like that. And and so actually there was quite a few used fans who were thinking, well, it's all well and good getting points against your Plymouths and your Oxfords who are going to be in the playoffs. But if you can't beat those sort of teams in and around you, you're going to struggle. So they're quite significant that we've sort of turned that corner. So, yeah, yeah. it was great getting those early points, uh, Matt, but it's been really great recently to, to actually turn some of those draws into wins against teams that we should be beating. And our managers have said a couple of times, you know, League One essentially is two different leagues, really. There are those that are going to be pushing for the playoffs and the autos. And mm. I think there's a good 10 or 11 teams that will be in there, yourselves included. And yeah. then there's a group of uh, sort of eight or nine of us that are sort of going to be at the other end. So um, 
yeah, really significant wins recently. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right about the split of the division. I think, uh, yeah, it does look that way. Um, let's talk about your manager, Mark Mark Bonner. I had I'm not I had never heard of him before <laughs> until researching you coming on here. Um, looking now, he hasn't got a footballing career as far as I can see. What what's the where's he come from? <laughs> yeah, um, it was really funny last season. He didn't have a Wikipedia page, and quite often <laughs> in opposing teams' um, sort of match day programs, mm. virtual programs, as it was last year, they referenced a former footballer called Mark Bonner, who was a completely different guy. Um, so <laughs> our manager profile for these uh, these away teams was a, was the wrong guy. Um, the Mark Bonner story is brilliant. Um, he, I, I told you I would sneak in a reference to the 6-1 win yeah. from the uh, <laughs> That was the last time we were in League uh, League One. And at the mm. time, Mark Bonner was the season ticket holder. Uh, young lad sort of stood on the terraces. Um, he didn't have a career as a professional footballer. He left school and basically wanted to, to work in football. And he got a job sort of, you know, after school, after college, mm. in one of the very most kind of sort of basic youth programs that we offered like the summer schools and then basically it's just worked his way up the club from there um when we dropped out of the league a few years ago um we lost our funding for our academy so he he lost his job essentially and went over to south end for a few years then came back um and then yeah it's worked his way up from being in charge of the under 18s to sort of the reserve team to then being sort of an assistant in the first team i think he's assisted two or three previous managers and and ended up getting the job full-time himself um at the time when he got appointed everyone just sort of rolled their eyes and went oh they've gone with the cheap option here um as you do yeah as you do yeah and um do you know what whatever he goes on to accomplish for us whether we stay up this year whether we go down whether he moves on whatever we'll always have that story that one of our own a fan got us a promotion last year so it's just really yeah it's heartwarming mm. that's a great that's yeah it's a, a, very it's a fantastic story. story yeah 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 it's we interesting think, we think, we're, about, we think um, we're lucky about having warney and he bleeds red and white and that's, just, that's even better actually yeah <laughs> took no, the words right out of my mouth Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no I, I listened to uh, mark bonner's press conference earlier and he was asked about your manager and sort of there was a comparison mm. there about sort of you know age but also sort of connection to the mm. club and yeah mark bonner was sort of uh yeah full of praise for for your for your man in charge so uh i'm sure they'll have a good chat at the end of the game on saturday yeah <laughs> mm. absolutely um what can we expect from cambridge on saturday are we we i i hope you're not going to say you're going to sit in against us because those are the teams we try we tend to struggle against yeah uh i wish i came bearing good news um <laughs> we, we We've we've played a couple of different formations and styles this season. The one that we've played predominantly and the one that I can't see us not using on Saturday is exactly what you're is what you're fearing there. It'll be a, a four five one out of possession, um mm. quite a low block, uh sort of three men in the middle there trying to sort of uh I don't know, trying to be as compact as possible. Um I think it will definitely happen because we should have played that way last Saturday against Milton Keynes. And mm. for some reason, we went with a more ambitious lineup and it, it resulted in us losing 4-1. So I think we've learned from that one. So I think we'll go back to that sort of, that formation that has done pretty well so far. We, we you know, we've gone to Plymouth 
uh, and Portsmouth and, and not got beat playing that 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 sort of formation. So I, I, uh, yeah, it might not be the prettiest on Saturday, but um, I think it's, it's our best sort of chance against the sort of the better teams in the league and the teams that you know are going to want to sort of boss possession. Um, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as as Ian Bradley in the comments says, yeah, Cambridge can't be as hard to watch as Wickham. Wickham. I don't know if you guys have played no. Wickham yet this season. Um, no, that's our Boxing Day treat. Um, although, treat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so so sorry. Yeah. Tell us what the game against us against them this season will go down legendary as winning one of the worst games of football ever. So yeah. that's that's our view on that. Um, is there any standout players for Wickham? You know, is, if, if there is going to be a threat or mm. you know, a leader in there, who who are the main guys? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. So normally, when I get asked this question by opposing fans, there's two names that are my go-to. Mm. One is Shiloh Tracy, who's a young sort of wide winger attacking forward, really pacey, uh, has really sort of um, found himself this season. He was released by Spurs in the summer. We picked him up. And the other name I give is um, the Irish, uh, the Irish Messi, uh, Wesley Houlihan. But the thing is, Shiloh Tracy's injured, so he's not going to play Saturday. And I don't think he's going to play Houlihan. I don't think he'll fit the formation that he's going to line up with. So I'll give you those two names. They probably won't play. So I'll, 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 throw, I'll throw another couple of sort of more unusual ones in there. I think um, a really key performance on Saturday could be a guy called Jack Iredale, who is naturally a, uh, a left back and is a really good attacking left back, but he's played a few positions for us so far this season. And he's been, um, he's playing centre half recently. He played there on Tuesday night because we are, we've got problems at centre half at the moment. We, you know, our two most experienced centre halves are out injured. So we've kind of got, well, we've got two young lads, uh, Masterson who's on loan from QPR uh, and got, pulled off at uh, halftime against Milton Keynes. That's how bad he was doing. Uh, and another sort of early 20s uh, lad who was released from Spurs again in the summer. So he could be an interesting one. If he has a good game, then we might stand a chance. But my my worry is we are looking quite uh, quite vulnerable at centre-back. So that, that'll be a name to sort of keep an eye on. And another one is um, our captain, Paul Digby, who is sort of a that kind of sort of Makaleli sits in front of the back four type defensive midfielder role. He's He's got so much energy and he'll be really crucial for us in terms of sort of defending against you guys. Cause you, you know, you strike me as quite a, um, a pacey team and it sort of will get us quite quickly. So I think he will be quite crucial for us avoiding defeat. So um, up top, I guess I've got to give you some sort of attacking name. Um, I'd probably say big Joe Ironside. He'll play up front on his own. Um, he he does the lone striker role really really well. He was the uns, unsung hero last year. Um, like his partner Paul Mullen got thirty four goals, yeah. but really it was Ironside that was taking the hits and sort of allowed that space for Mullen to sort of mm. you know probably have a better season than he would have ever imagined. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're to have, I think one of the things that you could benefit from and, and have success on Saturday is how well you marshal. Joe Ironside and and really our whole sort of game plan in that sort of four five one to four three three is how quickly we can get up and support him mm. and, and get the ball off him. So if if we can be restricted by you guys sort of you know getting the ball back before we sort of break forward, I think 
you know, you'll be throwing it straight back at us. So you could have some success there. Just to interrupt with a bit of trivia. They're going to bring us some breaking news. <laughs> now, um, Joe Ironside is the grandson of Roy Ironside, who was really? our goalkeeper in the 1961 uh, League Cup final. Really? That's brilliant. There yeah, there you go. Uh, my, my only other trivia on him was that he's good mates with Harry Maguire from the youth team days, but yours is way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got an old programme somewhere in the house, and it says Ironside, it was a game he played against Barnsley, which, as it happens, was his next club. And it's like, I'm sure I've seen that name somewhere yeah, in the football Ironside. league. So I searched it, and it's like, oh, it's Joe Ironside's granddad, and he's at Cambridge. Interesting. So, yeah, there you go. That's my contribution. <laughs> It was worth it, Danny, or worth waiting for that. It was worth it. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, and before we finish, Jordan, can we have a score prediction for me, please? Put you on the spot, as we always like to do. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this one. And I was thinking, if we were having this conversation a week ago, before we played Milton Keynes, I would have said, undoubtedly, Rotherham win. And I still think it probably will be a Rotherham win. Mm. But there's a little inkling that, makes me sort of doubt that we've got a really good record under Mark Bonner since he's been in charge of responding well to defeats mm. arguably you could say we've already done that because we played uh, FA Cup replay on Tuesday night and we won so perhaps we've already had that good bounce back but there's something there which makes me think it could go one of two ways it can either either finish 1-1 and um, you know you'll be complaining to me about about how ugly the football was uh, or, or we'll go the other way and and I, I think I'm going to go with this as my prediction I think it'll be 3-1 to, to you guys okay. I hope you're right yeah, <laughs> I know you don't <laughs> um, if anybody that wants a bit more Cambridge if anybody, wants, if anybody who's watching listening wants a bit more from your side of preview where can they find you yeah, it's at Abby Stan Pod on Twitter. We'll be doing uh, a match preview, like a written one. It will go live on Friday, which is tomorrow. Um, we do a weekly podcast, so we'll review. Yeah, we, we release it every Monday morning, and it, it reviews the game before. So our podcast on Monday will have a, a Cambridge take on the game. Uh, we also have a bit of a, a preview in our most recent pod, which came out on on uh, Monday, which you guys helped with which was very kind of you so yeah at abby stand pod is where you can find out more stuff about us fantastic thank you for doing this jordan we very much appreciate it and uh good luck and we'll see you in a month brilliant yeah, yeah. Pleasure yeah. <laughs> again in uh, a few weeks thank you Bye. so there we go mick we seem to have lost danny danny seems to have disappeared hopefully we'll get him back in a minute it's <laughs> like his uh, dog's chewed through wi-fi cable on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, interesting stuff. I always rate those, doing those things because yeah, I find it interesting. I like speaking to these guys who, who do these other things, and uh, I hope people who watch the listing find them interesting as well as interesting as we do because well, we like it. I mean, it yeah, absolutely. It serves us having to do any research, doesn't it? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely didn't know where the manager was until I until, until today when I realised when I thought, oh, he's, he's, you know, John's coming on. I best check. Uh, it's an interesting it, story. It's yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story that though with him, isn't it? You know, how he's come through the ranks and had no previous football experience, and and uh, maybe they're another one of these clubs that are trying to do things just slightly differently to the way things have been done in the past, and you know, just change things, change things around a bit, change things up a bit, and and it's working. It's going to promote it, you know. Um, 
new ideas. We all like a few new, well, some of us like new ideas. Let's know which some of us don't, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, good, good on him. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It was a really great story. Uh, Ian Bradley asks, was anybody at the Abbey uh, in the 2000, 2001 promotion season when we got hammered 6-1? He was. I wasn't. I don't re- I, I, Again, it's, I that's a game I forgot about until mm. until this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning, Mick, the FA Cup substitution storm that's kicked off in midweek. <sighs> Uh, we had our own. We played Bromley in the first round. They were the, they were allowed seven subs, which was one more than they were allowed because they were allowed a concussion. So uh, Exeter have been have uh, had to are going to have to replay their three nil victory over Bradford uh, because they made five subs, six subs, sorry, um, because you're allowed to make five and not one an extra one in extra time. Uh, I can see how this one's fell through the net, Mick, because in every other competition, you're allowed an extra sub in extra time. And you're so allowed why is this different? in normal time. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't. And 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 you're absolutely right. And this is one of the issues with, you know, changing the rules from, from sort of season to season. And then mm. you're not only doing that, but you're changing the rules from competition to competition. You know, it, it, it's 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 madness. They're, they're, they're all sanctioned by the FA. These these competitions, ultimately, you know, they're playing under the same rules. I don't, it makes no sense to me at all. Um, uh, but but also, then now we've got a situation for Bradford. You know, it's a 560, 570 mile round trip. It's going to be another midweek game. Uh, how how can that be right? You know, if it's if if it is a mistake by Exeter, which I don't think it is. I think it's a mistake by the officials. You know the officials. It's something that the officials should be picking up on, rather than um, rather than than the next to themselves. I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? But maybe we should be looking at um, uh, playing that at a neutral venue somewhere in between, at least to give Bradford fans a bit of a chance. Hmm. You know what I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. True. Anyway, Danny's back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no idea what happened. No. <laughs> Are you back on your phone now? Yeah, um, computer's just gone completely bother. I'm not connecting to internet, but it's like right stuff. Yeah, I'll use the phone. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Is there anything else that we want to cover? I'm sure there is stuff. I, I can't admit. Mine's gone completely blank. What else do we need to cover? Uh, I think we're done for, for the weekend, aren't oh, we? We've got... Go on. Watch. Oh yeah, Davis. Uh, <laughs> Andy Davis is the referee. He will. He what? He last refereed us in the championship when we beat Preston two one uh, at home with Matt Crooks with a late winner. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the ref watch for Tuesday now. No, I, no, no. I am. I, 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 <laughs> no. I'm going to caveat it. No, so, come on, come on, mate. I, listen, Matt, Matt. Just kind of let me stop you before before we carry on any further. Okay, it's Thursday. Friday tomorrow, last day of week, then we've got a weekend to look forward to, a game to look forward to, a Grand Prix to look forward to on Sunday. It's going to be a nice weekend. It's going to be a steady weekend. Let's not spoil it on a Thursday night. It just before it, before it even starts. I think that's complete. That's out of order, mate. Let me let me say, and I'll give you some hope. Um, because the house that choose the games work, the EFL announced their referees list on the Thursday for the Saturday games and the following midweek games. Um, so 
Our referee for Tuesday night against Ipswich is Mr. Gavin Ward. Um, now, if anybody doesn't know who that is, um, he was the one that allowed Victor to be stood on in the face by Chet Evans, although he didn't get booked, which I suppose is sort of a punishment, but it's not much. Um, and also he allowed Victor to get knocked out by a cheekbone broken by Carlton Morris uh, in the Barnsley game. Now, what I will add as a caveat to that, this this wouldn't be the first time that they have changed their refereeing lineup after the Saturday game. There were a few times last season where we we went through, you know, who the referee was going to be, and it was changed. So, Mick, don't worry, it might change. It's fine. <laughs> I, I could, you know, I really need to grow up, don't I? I, I do. I mean, I'm I'm 56 years old now, you know. And 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 I, I shouldn't be feeling the way I feel about it. But when I saw that, I was genuinely. <laughs> this is like a counselling session. I was genuinely angry, and and I still am. The man's an absolute liability. You know, we've got we've got a goalkeeper playing for us now who's had two potentially career-ending injuries as a direct result uh, that have both gone unpunished. By, by this man, and and it's just honestly, I can't. I'm 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 fuming. I'm fuming. I wish you were at home because at least I'd be able to vent some some anger on him from stands. But it's not. I know. But, but yeah, I, I hope that clown never comes near another Rotherham United game ever again. And and I do hope the change. Um, and then the problem you've got with him refereeing again the game against Ipswich, they're a big club, aren't they? You know what I mean. So he's obviously going to favour us in that game, isn't he? Mm. I wouldn't want to be Josh Vickers. I'd be, if I was Josh Vickers, I'd be limping off after 80 minutes on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Victor, you can have shirt and back. Let, and let Victor play in a game that he's refing again. Yeah. Well, well Victor would do it, though. He's, <laughs> Victor seems like that kind of lad. Whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. Um... Yeah, Andy Davis, uh, I, I seem to recall the Preston game, which is also from Victor's point of view, that was Victor's debut. Um, Victor's not going to be playing on Saturday, so a bit pointless stat, but a yeah. bit of information, nevertheless. Um, so I think I think we're done. Danny, Mick, um, anything else that I need to cover? We a couple of comments on there from, uh, from uh, one from Baza about, uh, about Chio. Uh, suggesting would there be any point playing Chio through the middle as Ireland do? Um, so they, uh, they 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 play him as the as the right hand side of a front three. So he he still sort of plays as a winger, but it's just more of a forward winger. Um, Danny, thoughts on thoughts like that? We have to change the system, won't we? That's a problem. Yeah, we'd have to play uh, with three up top rather than two, uh, which actually would take away a striker. So you'd be playing with. Your two wide players, and then you your single, um, single centre forwards, which is how Ireland play. Like I know how on a few websites it says you've got a centre forward and the two in behind, and in reality they sort of branch out wider in attacking manoeuvres, and that's why Chio is in a more advanced position and more in the box rather than out on the wing like he is with us. So it would require a change of system, but it's good that Chio can still play and understand two systems for club and country, which is uh, a good versatility trait that he's got. Very, very, very good. Um, Mick, thoughts? 
Yeah, I just like him where he is. I, I like him where he is. Anyway, more... <laughs> on, on that right hand side, I think he's more valuable out there. And I think once he's once he's he's mastered mastered that art um, of, of, of playing in that position, he's going to be one unstoppable and two worth an absolute fortune. Uh, and he will master it. There's no question about that. I think Riccio, he's got the he's got the mentality, the, the the cleverness, the smartness, whatever, of not always trying to beat the man. He doesn't. Mm. He can beat the man ninety five percent of the time, but he realizes if he does that, he's going to become predictable. So he'll he'll go he'll try and beat the man, but then he'll come inside. He'll pass the ball inside rather than get rather than get rid of it. The crossings can come. That, that that's a technical mm. thing and not a hard technical thing. To be fair, that's going to come. Um, and to be fair. In the past, his crossing has been good. I think he's maybe dipped in his crossing, maybe because he's working other things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's got what he needs. He's got everything he needs. It's just that little bit extra that he's missing, and that's that would put him into that next category of uh, of exceptional footballers, wouldn't it? To be fair, yeah, absolutely. And, and ultimately, what I've got to always always remember uh, is that he's crap. He's absolute garbage, you know, and and and, and you know he's getting lots and lots of um, lots and lots of plaudits all over social media and everything else. But people need to understand that he's a rubbish player, and League One is absolutely his level, um, and nobody else should even bother even looking at him because it's just no, it's just pointless, you know. Yeah. He'll not he'll not do it for you. He'll only ever do it for warning. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. Um, so right, we're gonna wrap that up there. So thank you all for watching and listening. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, one last thing, Matt Ardak mentions that he's got a proposal for us to get in touch. If anybody has anything you want to do, get and get in touch with us on email, best place to do rsupod at gmail.co.uk. <laughs> no, it's pod at gmail.com. Um, so Anything you want to talk to us about, anything you want us to cover, talk about from a football, from the, from the podcast point of view, uh, or anything else you want to do or know about, let us know in touch in there as well. We will be back on Sunday night live on YouTube and Facebook and wherever else as we will look back at Cambridge United and look ahead to it. And we'll try and get another scan report done from the Ipswich side of things. Assume we can find somebody. We hope we can. Um, and we will have a couple of things out next week as well, which will come through. Um, we'll try and find out from Ipswich about the COVID protocols that everybody's going to go through on Tuesday. That's what I love to find. From, from our point, fans' point of view, that's what I want to know. I, mean, I won't be going, but for people like Danny, I mean, I want, I, you know, I'd want to know. So hopefully Ipswich fan can share some light on that for us. Have I shown my letter off on the podcast? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. So, yeah every, every fan's got one, and it's like, oh, I have half past six, and we find other. And from, from what I've heard, it's, a trial that Ipswich have done because they're one of the bigger grounds in the league. They've just chosen a big ground in every league at random to have the uh, the COVID protocols just to see how they'd operate on a large attendance scale. Mm. And but I think Old Trafford do it. Uh, I can't think of one in the Championship that does it, but Portman Road is the one in League One that does it. And that's why they're the only ones that seem to be like Fort Knox and everybody else is just like, yeah, come in. Just remember you have to have your debit card and match your lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just interested to see how are they enforce it with the home fans. Uh, we hopefully we'll find that out. That'll be one of the questions we definitely will ask. Um, can I just so uh, can I just stick an advert in here? A quick advert. Uh, this will probably go down really well. Yeah, uh, Rotherham band the Ratons have got a new album out this yeah. week. Kids off the estate. It's number five at the moment in the iTunes Is charts. It really? 
Get out there and buy it. It is absolutely fantastic. It is. It's very good. Absolutely fantastic. Mick might not remember these, but Pigeon Detectives. It's a cross between Pigeon Detectives and Arctic Monkeys. It's a really good mash of uh, two bands I really, really like. Um, It's built like Arctic Monkeys when they were good, isn't it? (laughs) before Arctic Monkeys disappeared up their own backside it's similar to that sort of stuff it's excellent honestly well worth a listen so get out there and buy it the Rotherham band as well so uh, supporting Rotherham so did you like it just because they mentioned a couple of places in Rotherham because I know what you like like. yeah that's all all it were (laughs) no I've I've listened to it I really like it really really good album Mm. yes there's no more than the video and that's it (laughs) as well exactly Um, yeah support support local and they're local and they're they're good very good i agree mick good shout yeah. out um if you are watching on youtube please make sure you subscribe if you're not watching watch on facebook or twitter please go over and subscribe to our youtube channel we're creeping up the numbers there and we would appreciate any help anybody can give us with that one uh if you're on itunes again make sure you subscribe follow us on on spotify um and make sure you give us five star rating on itunes and wherever else we're high up in the saudi arabian charts yes so i don't know whether we're making it in these countries or whether there's just one rotherham fan traveling from country to country (laughs) (laughs) don't know it's me i've got a vpn yeah (laughs) i just keep logging on and listening to it from different countries where do you want to go next (laughs) exactly um but yeah it's been a pleasure uh mick pleasure as always danny a pleasure as always and we'll see you both on sunday night thank you very much Yes.